Case One, A Psychical Invasion, Part Five of John Silence. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Draconis. John Silence by Algernon Blackwood. Case One, Part Five A Psychical Invasion. It was a good deal later when he became aware that a weight lay upon his chest, and that something was penciling over his face and mouth. A soft touch on the cheek woke him. Something was patting him. He sat up with a jerk, and found himself staring straight into a pair of brilliant eyes, half green, half black. Smoke's face lay level with his own, and the cat had climbed up with its front paws upon his chest. The lamp had burned low, and the fire was nearly out, yet Dr. Silence saw in a moment that the cat was in an excited state. It kneaded with its front paws into his chest, shifting from one to the other. He felt them prodding against him. It lifted a leg very carefully and patted his cheek gingerly. Its fur, he saw, was standing ridgewise upon its back. The ears were flattened back somewhat. The tail was switching sharply. The cat, of course, had wakened him with a purpose, and the instant he realized this, he set it upon the arm of the chair and sprang up with a quick turn to face the empty room behind him. By some curious instinct, his arms of their own accord assumed an attitude of defense in front of him, as though to ward off something that threatened his safety. Yet nothing was visible. Only shapes of fog hung about rather heavily in the air, moving slightly to and fro. His mind was now fully alert, and the last vestiges of sleep gone. He turned the lamp higher and peered about him. Two things he became aware of at once. One, that smoke, while excited, was pleasurably excited. The other, that the collie was no longer visible upon the mat at his feet. He had crept away to the corner of the wall, farthest from the window, and lay watching the room with wide open eyes, in which lurked plainly something of alarm. Something in the dog's behavior instantly struck Dr. Silence as unusual, and calling him by name, he moved across to pat him. Flame got up, wagged his tail, and came over slowly to the rug, uttering a low sound that was half growl, half whine. He was evidently perturbed about something, and his master was proceeding to administer comfort when his attention was suddenly drawn to the antics of his other four-footed companion, the cat, and what he saw filled him with something like amazement. Smoke had jumped down from the back of the armchair and now occupied the middle of the carpet, where, with tail erect and legs stiff as ramrods, it was steadily pacing backwards and forwards in a narrow space, uttering, as it did so, those curious little guttural sounds of pleasure that only an animal of the feline species knows how to make expressive of supreme happiness. Its stiffened legs and arched back made it appear larger than usual, and the black visage wore a smile of beatific joy. Its eyes blazed magnificently. It was in ecstasy. At the end of every few paces, it turned sharply and stalked back again along the same line, padding softly and purring like a roll of little muffled drums. It behaved precisely as though it were rubbing against the ankles of someone who remained invisible. A thrill ran down the doctor's spine as he stood and stared. His experiment was growing interesting at last. He called the collie's attention to his friend's performance to see whether he too 
was aware of anything standing there upon the carpet and the dog's behavior was significant and corroborative he came as far as his master's knees and then stopped dead refusing to investigate closely in vain dr silence urged him he wagged his tail whined a little and stood in a half-crouching attitude staring alternately at the cat and at his master's face he was apparently both puzzled and alarmed and the whine went deeper and deeper down into his throat till it changed into an ugly snarl of awakening anger then the doctor called to him in a tone of command he had never known to be disregarded but still the dog though springing up in response declined to move nearer he made tentative motions pranced a little like a dog about to take water pretended to bark and ran to and fro on the carpet so far there was no actual fear in his manner but he was uneasy and anxious and nothing would induce him to go within touching distance of the walking cat once he made a complete circuit but always carefully out of reach and in the end he returned to his master's legs and rubbed vigorously against him flame did not like the performance at all that much was quite clear for several minutes john silence watched the performance of the cat with profound attention and without interfering then he called to the animal by name smoke you mysterious beastie what in the world are you about he said in a coaxing tone the cat looked up at him for a moment smiling in its ecstasy blinking its eyes but too happy to pause he spoke to it again he called to it several times and each time it turned upon him its blazing eyes drunk with inner delight opening and shutting its lips its body large and rigid with excitement yet it never for one instant paused in its short journeys to and fro he noted exactly what it did it walked he saw the same number of paces each time some six or seven steps and then it turned sharply and retraced them by the pattern of the great roses in the carpet he measured it it kept to the same direction and the same line it behaved precisely as though it were rubbing against something solid undoubtedly there was something standing there on that strip of carpet something invisible to the doctor something that alarmed the dog yet caused the cat unspeakable pleasure smoky he called again smoky you black mystery what is it excites you so again the cat looked up at him for a brief second and then continued its sentry walk blissfully happy intensely preoccupied and for an instant as he watched it the doctor was aware that a faint uneasiness stirred in the depths of his own being focusing itself for the moment upon this curious behavior of the uncanny creature before him there rose in him quite a new realization of the mystery connected with the whole feline tribe but especially with that common member of it the domestic cat their hidden lives their strange aloofness their incalculable subtlety how utterly remote from anything that human beings understood lay the sources of their elusive activities as he watched the indescribable bearing of the little creature mincing along the strip of carpet under his eyes coquetting with powers of darkness welcoming maybe some fearsome visitor there stirred in his heart a feeling strangely akin to awe its indifference to humankind its serene superiority to the obvious struck him forcibly with fresh meaning so remote so inaccessible seemed the secret purposes of its real life so alien to the blundering honesty of other animals its absolute poise of bearing brought him into his mind the opium-eater's words that no dignity is perfect which does not at some point 
ally itself with the mysterious and he became suddenly aware that the presence of the dog in his foggy haunted room on the top of putney hill was uncommonly welcome to him he was glad to feel that flame's dependable personality was with him the savage growling at his heels was a pleasant sound he was glad to hear it that marching cat made him uneasy finding that smoke paid no further attention to his words the doctor decided upon action would it rub against his leg too he would take it by surprise and see he stepped quickly forward and placed himself upon the exact strip of carpet where it walked but no cat is ever taken by surprise the moment he occupied the space of the intruder setting his feet on the woven roses midway in the line of travel smoke suddenly stopped purring and sat down it lifted up its face with the most innocent stare imaginable of its green eyes he could have sworn it laughed it was a perfect child again in a single second it had resumed its simple domestic manner and it gazed at him in such a way that he almost felt smoke was the normal being and his was the eccentric behavior that was being watched it was consummate the manner in which it brought about this change so easily and so quickly superb little actor he laughed in spite of himself and stooped to stroke the shining black back but in a flash as he touched its fur the cat turned and spat at him viciously striking at his hand with one paw then with a hurried scutter of feet it shot like a shadow across the floor and a moment later was calmly sitting over by the window curtains as though nothing interested it in the whole world but the cleanness of its cheeks and whiskers john silence straightened himself up and drew a long breath he realized that the performance was temporarily at an end the collie meanwhile who had watched the whole proceeding with marked disapproval had now lain down again upon the mat by the fire no longer growling it seemed to the doctor just as though something that had entered the room while he slept alarming the dog yet bringing happiness to the cat had now gone out again leaving all as it was before whatever it was that excited its blissful attentions had retreated for the moment he realized this intuitively smoke evidently realized it too for presently he deigned to march back to the fireplace and jump upon his master's knees Dr. Silence, patient and determined, settled down once more to his book. The animals soon slept, the fire blazed cheerfully, and the cold fog from outside poured into the room through every available chink and cranny. For a long time silence and peace reigned in the room, and Dr. Silence availed himself of the quietness to make careful notes of what had happened. He entered for future use in other cases an exhaustive analysis of what he had observed, especially with regard to the effect upon the two animals it is impossible here nor would it be intelligible to the reader unversed in the knowledge of the region known to a scientifically trained psychic like dr silence to detail these observations but to him it was clear up to a certain point for the rest he must still wait and watch so far at least he realized that while he slept in the chair that is while his will was dormant the room had suffered intrusion from what he recognized as an intensely active force and might later be forced to acknowledge as something more than merely a blind force namely a distinct personality so far it had affected himself scarcely at all but had acted directly upon the simpler organisms of the animals it stimulated keenly the centers of the cat's psychic being inducing a state of instant happiness intensifying its consciousness probably in the same way a drug or stimulant intensifies that of a human being whereas it alarmed the less sensitive dog 
causing it to feel a vague apprehension and distress. His own sudden action and exhibition of energy had served to disperse it temporarily, yet he felt convinced the indications were not lacking, even while he sat there making notes, that it still remained near to him, conditionally if not spatially, and was, as it were, gathering force for a second attack. And further, he intuitively understood that the relations between the two animals had undergone a subtle change, that the cat had become immeasurably superior, confident, sure of itself in its own peculiar region, whereas Flame had been weakened by an attack he could not comprehend and knew not how to reply to. Though not yet afraid, he was defiant, ready to act against a fear that he felt to be approaching. He was no longer fatherly and protective towards the cat. Smoke held the key to the situation, and both he and the cat knew it. Thus, as the minutes passed, John Silence sat and waited, keenly on the alert, wondering how soon the attack would be renewed, and at what point it would be diverted from the animals and directed upon himself. The book lay on the floor beside him. His notes were complete, with one hand on the cat's fur, and the dog's front paws rested against his feet, the three of them dozed comfortably before the hot fire while the night wore on and the silence deepened towards midnight. It was well after one o'clock in the morning when Dr. Silence turned the lamp out and lighted the candle preparatory to going up to bed. Then Smoke suddenly woke with a loud, sharp purr and sat up. It neither stretched, washed, nor turned. It listened, and the doctor, watching it, realized that a certain indefinable change had come about that very moment in the room. A swift readjustment of the forces within the four walls had taken place, a new disposition of their personal equations. The balance was destroyed, the former harmony gone. Smoke, most sensitive of the barometers, had been the first to feel it. But the dog was not slow to follow suit, for on looking down he noted that Flame was no longer asleep. He was lying with eyes wide opened, and that same instant he sat up on his great haunches and began to growl. Dr. Silence was in the act of taking the matches to relight the lamp when an audible movement in the room behind him made him pause. Smoke leapt down from his knee and moved forward a few paces across the carpet. Then it stopped and stared fixedly, and the doctor stood up on the rug to watch. As he rose, the sound was repeated, and he discovered that it was not in the room as he first thought, but outside, and that it came from more directions than one. There was a rushing, sweeping noise against the window panes, and simultaneously a sound of something brushing against the door out in the hall. Smoke advanced sedatedly across the carpet, twitching his tail, and sat down within a foot of the door. The influence that had destroyed the harmonious conditions of the room had apparently moved in advance of its cause. Clearly something was about to happen. For the first time that night, John Silence hesitated. The thought of that dark, narrow hallway, choked with fog and destitute of human comfort, was unpleasant. He became aware of a faint creeping of his flesh. He knew, of course, that the actual opening of the door was not necessary to the invasion of the room that was about to take place, since neither doors nor windows nor any other solid barriers could interpose an obstacle to which was seeking entrance. Yet the opening of the door would be significant and symbolic, and he distinctly shrank from it. But for a moment only, Smoke, turning with a show of impatience, recalled him to his purpose, and he moved past the sitting, watching creature, and deliberately opened the door to its full width. 
What subsequently happened, happened in the feeble and flickering light of the solitary candle on the mantelpiece. Through the opened door he saw the hall, dimly lit and thick with fog. Nothing, of course, was visible, nothing but the hat-stand, the African spears in dark lines upon the wall, and the high-backed wooden chair standing grotesquely underneath on the oilcloth floor. For one instant the fog seemed to move and thicken, oddly, but he set that down to the score of the imagination. The door had opened upon nothing. Yet Smoke apparently thought otherwise, and the deep growling of the collie from the mat at the back of the room seemed to confirm his judgment. For proud and self-possessed, the cat had again risen to his feet, and having advanced to the door, was now ushering someone slowly into the room. Nothing could have been more evident. He paced from side to side, bowing his little head with great impressment, and holding his stiffened tail aloft like a flagstaff. He turned this way and that, mincing to and fro, and showing signs of supreme satisfaction. He was in his element, he welcomed the intrusion, and apparently reckoned that his companions, the doctor and the dog, would welcome it likewise. The intruder had returned for a second attack. Dr. Silence moved slowly backwards and took up his position on the hearthrug, keying himself up to a condition of concentrated attention. He noted that Flame stood beside him, facing the room, with body motionless and head moving swiftly from side to side with a curious swaying movement. His eyes were wide open, his back rigid, his neck and jaws thrust forward, his legs tense and ready to leap, savage, ready for attack or defense, yet dreadfully puzzled and perhaps already a little cowed. He stood and stared, their hair on his spine and sides, positively bristling outwards as though a wind played through it. In the dim firelight, he looked like a great yellow-haired wolf, silent, eyes shooting dark fire, exceedingly formidable. It was Flame the Terrible. Smoke, meanwhile, advanced from the door towards the middle of the room, adopting the very slow pace of an invisible companion. A few feet away, it stopped and began to smile and blink its eyes. There was something deliberately coaxing in its attitude as it stood there undecided on the carpet, clearly wishing to effect some sort of introduction between the intruder and its canine friend and ally. It assumed its most winning manners, purring smiling, looking pervasively from one to the other, and making quick, tentative steps first in one direction and then in the other. There had always existed such perfect understanding between them and everything. Surely Flame would appreciate Smoke's intention now and acquiesce. But the old collie made no advances. He bared his teeth, lifting his lips till the gum showed, and stood stock still with fixed eyes and heaving sides. The doctor moved a little further back, watching intently the smallest movement, and it was just then he divined suddenly from the cat's behavior and attitude that it was not only a single companion it had ushered into the room, but several. It kept crossing over from one to the other, looking up at each in turn. It sought to win over the dog to friendliness with them all. The original intruder had come back with reinforcements, and, at the same time, he further realized that the intruder was something more than a blindly acting force, impersonal though destructive. It was a personality, and moreover, a great personality, and it was accompanied for the purpose of assistance by a host of other personalities, minor in degree, but similar in kind. He braced himself in the corner against the mantelpiece and waited, his whole being roused to defense, for he was now fully aware that the attack had spread to include himself as well as the animals, and he must be on the alert. He strained his eyes through the foggy atmosphere, 
trying in vain to see what the cat and dog saw, but the candlelight threw an uncertain and flickering light across the room, and his eyes discerned nothing. On the floor, smoke moved softly in front of him, like a black shadow, his eyes gleaming as he turned his head, still trying with many insinuating gestures and much purring to bring about the introductions he desired. But it was all in vain. Flame stood riveted to one spot, motionless as a figure carved in stone. Some minutes passed, during which only the cat moved, and then there came a sharp change. Flame began to back towards the wall. He moved his head from side to side as he went, sometimes turning to snap at something almost behind him. They were advancing upon him, trying to surround him. His distress became very marked from now onwards, and it seemed to the doctor that his anger merged into genuine terror and became overwhelmed by it. The savage growl sounded perilously like a whine, and more than once he tried to dive past his master's legs. As though hunting for a way of escape, he was trying to avoid something that everywhere blocked the way. This terror of the indomitable fighter impressed the doctor enormously, yet also painfully, stirring his impatience, for he had never before seen the dog show signs of giving in, and it distressed him to witness it. He knew, however, that he was not giving in easily, and understood that it was really impossible for him to gauge the animal's sensations properly at all. What Flame felt and saw must be terrible, indeed, to turn him all at once into a coward. He faced something that made him afraid of more than his life merely. The doctor spoke a few quick words of encouragement to him, and stroked the bristling hair, but without much success. The collie seemed already beyond the reach of comfort such as that, and the collapse of the old dog followed indeed very speedily after this. And Smoke, meanwhile, remained behind, watching the advance, but not joining in it, sitting pleased and expectant, considering that all was going well and as it wished. It was kneading on the carpet with its front paws, slowly, laboriously, as though its feet were dipped in treacle. The sound its claws made as they caught in the threads was distinctly audible. It was still smiling, blinking, purring. Suddenly, the collie uttered a poignant short bark and leapt heavily to one side. His bared teeth traced a line of whiteness through the gloom. The next instant he dashed past his master's legs, almost upsetting his balance, and shot out into the room, where he went blundering wildly against walls and furniture. But that bark was significant. The doctor had heard it before and knew what it meant, for it was the cry of the fighter against odds and it meant that the old beast had found his courage again. Possibly it was only the courage of despair, but at any rate the fighting would be terrific, and Dr. Silence understood, too, that he dared not interfere. Flame must fight his own enemies in his own way. But the cat, too, had heard that dreadful bark, and it, too, had understood. This was more than it had bargained for. Across the dim shadows of that haunted room there must have passed some secret signal of distress between the animals. Smoke stood up and looked swiftly about him. He uttered a piteous meow and trotted smartly away into the greater darkness by the windows. What his object was, only those endowed with the spirit-like intelligence of cats might know. But at any rate, he had at last ranged himself on the side of his friend, and the little beast meant business. At the same moment, the collie managed to gain the door. The doctor saw him rushing through into the hall like a flash of yellow light. He shot across the oilcloth, and tore up the stairs, but in another second he appeared again, flying down the steps and landing at the bottom in a tumbling heap, whining, cringing, terrified. The doctor saw him slink back into the room again, 
and crawl round by the wall towards the cat. Was then even the staircase occupied? Did they stand also in the hall? Was the whole house crowded from floor to ceiling? The thought came to add to the keen distress he felt at the sight of the collie's discomfiture. And indeed his own personal distress had increased in a marked degree during the past minutes, and continued to increase steadily to the climax. He recognized that the drain on his own vitality grew steadily, and that the attack was now directed against himself even more than against the defeated dog and the too-much-deceived cat. End of Case 1, Part 5 Recording by Draconis The Real Basement Dwellers Podcast Wheelworkformoney.net